I'm Katie Waldron, and this is In My Mind. I would like to begin the episode today with a disclaimer. The following story is a fictional story in the mind of someone with mental illness. Not everyone with this disorder experiences the same symptoms or lives the same lifestyle as the character depicted in this episode. Because mental illness affects everyone differently, this is only a possible situation. On that note, we will now be delving into the story segment. Pinto beans or black beans? My mom had it clarified. I kept calling her, but she wouldn't pick up. I had to make a decision, but which one? If I bought the wrong beans, mother would be furious. We wouldn't have the right ingredients for dinner. I think she was making chili, but I couldn't be sure. Feeling the impatient eyes of a stranger settle on me, sweat began to trickle down my forehead under the pressure of their gaze. Hurriedly, I threw both cans of beans into the car and moved away from the shelf, allowing the stranger to pass. I muttered a nearly inaudible sorry and continued on my search for the next item on my list, ground beef. Although I scoured the meat perimeter of the store along the back wall, I couldn't find it. I saw the bright red apron of a store clerk in the corner of my eye, and I decided I would never find the meat on my own. I needed to ask. As soon as I turned to approach the man in the red apron, I could feel my muscles and my legs tensing up. What if they thought I was stupid? What if I'm interrupting them during a task? What if they don't know and I end up being an inconvenience when other employees have to join in the search? What if I was cut out of my thoughts by the employee who smiled in my direction? Do you need help finding anything? They inquired. It was so easy, almost too easy. All I needed to say was, yes, where is the ground beef? But instead, fearful of being a bother, I instinctively shook my head no. Looks like I would need to find the ground beef on my own anyways. It probably took another 10 minutes of shuffling through the meat section to finally find the ground beef, but it felt like an hour of nonstop incessant searching. Next was corn and tomatoes. As I approached the produce aisle, I noticed the floor was wet. I slipped the slightest bit, but immediately began to imagine what would happen if I continued forward. I could slip and fall, crashing into the stockpiles and sending fresh fruits and veggies flying all over the store, or even worse, I could push somebody else into those stockpiles. Or what if I sprained my wrist, broke my ankle, got a concussion? I decided the risk was not worth it. I slowly tiptoed away from the fresh produce and decided the canned corn and tomatoes would have to do. I reworked my way towards the canned food aisle where I had initially begun my search for ingredients, and it was there that my search came to a halt. The line to the cashier extended to the aisle. I needed those cans of tomatoes and corn, but there were too many people. It, it was overwhelming. There was no way I was going to be able to work my way around them in order to get those canned foods. If I waited in line, it would waste my time. I still had items on my list. But if I didn't wait, the line would grow and it would take forever to get to the checkout. I decided to leave the canned foods for last, continuing my search for the items on my list. I made my way towards the spices rack in search of chili powder. I was pretty sure we were having chili at this point. But searching the endless sea of spices, I finally found the chili powder and right as I began to reach for it, a stranger snatched it from the rack. They continued down the aisle and I was left there looking at the empty shelf. There were other types of chili powder, but none of them were McCormick like my mother asked for. I reached to call my mom, but again, she wasn't answering. I began to wonder if she was all right, if she was safe. 
What if while I was grocery shopping, she had tripped and hit her head? What if somebody had broken in and she's hiding? I threw a random bottle of chili into my car and hurried toward the canned food aisle. The line was shorter than I had anticipated and I was able to grab the canned tomatoes and corn and upon checking my list one last time, I also grabbed some diced peppers. A couple of people came and waited in line behind me. What if I took too long at the cashier? The lady behind me looked like she was in a hurry and she only had five items, so I let her come in front of me. Now there was one man behind me who had a shopping cart full of items. I didn't want to let him come in front of me because I needed to get home quickly. My mom could be in trouble. While I anxiously awaited arriving at the cashier, I pulled out my card. What if I were to forget the pin and keep the man behind me waiting? Or what if my chip malfunctioned? Instead, I took out two 20s. These would have to pay for everything. As soon as I reached the cashier, I hurriedly pulled all of the items out of my shopping cart and onto the conveyor belt and waited patiently as the cashier scanned each of my items, placing them neatly in a bag. One item, the chili powder, had trouble scanning. The barcode was smeared, and so the cashier had to enter the item PIN number. I could see out of the corner of my eye that the man behind me rolled his eyes. I felt the warmth of embarrassment swell in my chest, and as soon as the cashier had finished scanning my items, I handed her the cash and told her I don't need any change. I grabbed my items, grabbed the receipt, and rushed out the door into my car. I rushed inside when I got a call from my mom. I didn't even wait for the phone to ring before answering. Hey mom, are you all right? I, I inquired and she responded with a small yes, I'm all right. Are you already out of the store? I replied with yes, I was starting the car and about to head home. If you're still in the parking lot, could you grab one more thing? I need some butter so I can make some honey butter to go with the cornbread I just made. I felt my chest tighten up and my hands begin to shake. I applied with the yes, not wanting to upset my mom and hung up. After hiding the previous groceries under the front seat, not wanting anyone to steal them, I took a few large breaths. Then with great effort and trembling legs, I headed back towards hell, um, I mean, the grocery store. That is the conclusion of the story segment of today's episode. Stay tuned if you would like to hear myths, facts, and information regarding generalized anxiety disorder. If you would like to hear more podcast episodes like this one in the future, please contribute and donate towards me and this podcast on Patreon. 25% of donations go towards mental illness charities and foundations. Also, please don't forget to show In My Mind some support and follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook. While generalized anxiety disorder is a serious mental illness, media platforms tend to undermine and cast it aside. It is often related to everyday life, and many people don't realize that it can be severely debilitating and controlling over one's thoughts and actions. My goal today is to dispel a couple of myths about this disorder. Myth 1. Many people say generalized anxiety disorder is not a real mental illness and doesn't have any physical symptoms. While we experience anxiety naturally, such as before a test or an interview, it becomes a disorder once it begins to impair everyday life. Those subject to generalized anxiety disorder, or any anxiety disorder really, don't get to pick or choose when or if they are susceptible to anxiety. They are almost always affected by feelings of worry or anxiousness. 
Generalized anxiety disorder can cause both mental and physical symptoms. Some mental symptoms are catastrophizing, persistent and worrisome thoughts, indecisiveness, feeling restless, difficulty concentrating, and avoidance of events that trigger anxiety. Some physical symptoms are increased heart rate, insomnia, rapid breathing patterns, sweating, trembling, tiredness, and even gastrointestinal issues. Myth 2. Those with generalized anxiety disorders should avoid situations that make them feel stressed. While this advice is meant with the best intentions, avoidance will only reinforce feelings of anxiety, making stressful circumstances seem more daunting and debilitating. Avoiding stressful circumstances would prevent those with generalized anxiety disorder from living normally and performing daily tasks. For me, at least, I get anxiety over almost everything. If I were to attempt to avoid stressful situations, I would end up lying motionless in bed all day. Myth 3. It is often said that generalized anxiety disorder can only be treated by medication and that these medications are so addictive that they should only be taken if absolutely necessary. Both of these statements are untrue. The most common form of medication, antidepressants, is non-addictive. These substances are meant only for helping patients maintain a healthier and happier mental state. While medication is a common recommendation to those who suffer from this disorder, it only offers a temporary solution to a very real and persistent illness. Exposure therapy and behavioral therapy are also very helpful ways to learn to manage and cope with feelings of anxiety. While these types of therapy have different approaches to mental illness, they are both centered around helping patients adapt their thought processes and attitudes, as well as teach them techniques and skills for coping with this anxiety disorder. Myth 4. Another common myth about generalized anxiety disorder is that it is only real if it involves panic attacks. This is untrue. Those with panic disorder have panic attacks often, whether weekly or even daily. But not everyone affected by GAD, or generalized anxiety disorder, gets panic attacks like those with panic disorder. Panic attacks may be a part of anxiety, but not always. It depends on the person and the diagnosis. There are many different types of anxiety, each having symptoms specific to the individual who has it. Also, people do not fake panic attacks. They are very real, very serious, and can even be so severe they can mimic a heart attack. And lastly, myth five. People with GAD do not enjoy socializing. There are many different types of anxiety disorders. Generalized anxiety and social anxiety may have overlapping symptoms, as most anxiety disorders do, but are still very different. While some people with GAD have some social-based anxieties and worries, like public speaking, those with social anxiety have a specific fear of social-based activities. Everyone is different, and many people with GAD enjoy socialization and companionship. So it's important not to assume that just because someone has anxiety, they wouldn't want to attend social gatherings or participate in social activities. 
Oftentimes, people who suffer from those very real mental illnesses are characterized as attention-seeking, crazy, or weak. They are often cast aside or judged for something that needs to be acknowledged and accepted. I invite you all to help correct assumptions and misconceptions about generalized anxiety disorder and continue to educate yourselves and others on the challenges and facts regarding this disorder. For more facts and information on generalized anxiety disorder, feel free to check out adaa.org, sane.org, therecoveryvillage.com, and mayoclinic.org, which are all useful platforms in educating oneself on mental illness and the steps that can be taken to diagnose and help with this illness. I used these platforms to help create this episode in my mind. Finally, don't forget to donate to my Patreon. This month, I will be donating 25% of all profits I make from Patreon to the Brain and Behavior Foundation, which aids in the research of many mental illnesses. All donations, no matter how much, are significant in helping me continue to spread awareness about mental illness and the truth behind many misconceptions we see in the media daily. I'm Katie Waltron, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of In My Mind.